Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, Coda, when I say cowboy, you say? Yoo-hoo. <laughs> Yoo-hoo. Yoo-hoo. No? <laughs> Not yee-haw? Son of a bitch. I had one line, and I fucked it up. I didn't know what the line was, but now that makes sense. <laughs> Stay tuned to hear all about that on The Reluctant Historian. What's up, everybody? I'm Liz Lawson, and this is our Reluctant Historian, Dakota Lawson. This is the podcast where I try to show my husband that history is actually cool. So if you love history, or you absolutely hate it, this podcast is for you. We would like to begin by recognizing that we are recording on Treaty 6 territory and the homeland of the Métis Nation. We make this acknowledgement and recognition that we are settlers here on the land that belongs to the many different First Nations of Turtle Island. Okay, Dakota, what do you think we're talking about today? The origins of why cowboys say yoo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, right? Yoo-hoo. Yeah. Yoo-hoo. Yoo-hoo. Oh, hey, no, this is um, this is the gay cowboy thing. Yeah, good Sweet. job. Sweet. Okay. because we I don't were... think you're going to find it as interesting. Oh, fuck. Is what they're going to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, so we were talking about this recently, just about how... Well, we were talking about Brokeback Mountain, weren't we? No, Red Dead Redemption. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sure that spun into talking about Brokeback Mountain. Probably. You know, because gay cowboys. Yeah. And then you were like, actually... There are a lot of gay cowboys. Yeah. So. Yeah. For all our cowboy listeners. <laughs> this one's for you. <laughs> yeah, this one's for you. <laughs> yeah, I've been playing Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, got me thinking about an article I had seen a while back about how the wild, wild west was actually a lot queerer than popular cultural would let on. So I wanted to explore that in today's episode. Sounds, sounds great. I'm excited, but then you said that I'm not gonna be as fun as i thought it would be so yeah um so we're exploring that perhaps i have adhd and one of the ways that people with adhd bond with others is they do this thing called an info dump Mm. it's where they just show like share facts with the people that they love and i think that that's what i'm doing here with this podcast for you i'm just really trying to bond with you and you're like fuck i hate this oh good i'm I'm lucky enough to be the one you love are fucking lucky to be the one i love yeah Yeah, so uh what is your golden nugget yeah so it's been a couple weeks since we've actually done this it has been holy uh just because last week was a oh shit episode we moved into uh your sister's place um so i'm gonna go back to early august when we went to the exhibition yeah i've got that right here oh wait is that your well it's not my golden nugget but i wrote i would like to talk about lex and troy and i would like to talk about being old and being in the pit (laughs) <laughs> okay well i guess we'll segue into that then yeah. so go uh, go yeah so uh yeah we went with uh, your cousin lexi and her boyfriend troy and uh it was it was awesome it was a lot mm. of fun they were uh, super rad people they also listen to this podcast so like, you know religiously yeah so like thank you uh thank you and uh yeah we had a lot of fun we went to billy talent yeah they were so good yeah they were really, really good, good actually like very yeah they like, were really good, good performers mm-hmm. and uh 
Yeah, I ate some good food. So I ate a deep fried cheesecake, Mm -hmm. which was delicious, but it did not agree with my stomach because Mm -hmm. I was up at 2.30 in the morning. At least you didn't shit yourself. That's true. Not this time. (laughs) But I'm sure before the life is over, I will shit myself at least 10 more times. Depending on how old age goes, it might be a lot more than 10 times. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, Yeah. So... You wanted to talk about that? Yeah, so about the Billy Talent being old. So okay. I we sat up in the stands because I'm old and I have back problems and mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, it's a, it's a struggle to, <laughs> to be energetic. And yeah. <laughs> anyways, I just was remembering um, when I was younger because I would go to shows and I would be down in the pit and I would always look back at the people... Not necessarily in the like the stairs and, or in the stadium and stuff, because not all the shows I went to had stadiums. But I would look back at like the people that weren't really um, participating in like the pit and stuff, and I was like, I'm never gonna be those people. Yeah, and now I am. <laughs> and- <laughs> but you know what? I would much rather watch a show from <laughs> so far back, sitting down. It's quite nice. Yeah, I mean, I think I made this joke at the exhibition, but I'm gonna make it again. You know, I. I was the same way. I always thought I, I'd, I'll never be one of those people. And then I married one of those people. <laughs> so I'm now sorry. I have to sit in the stand. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just wait six more years and you'll see how it feels. Yeah, okay. I think when I was 30, I probably would have still been down in the pit. But yeah. I'm old now. Yeah. Also, I have a bad back. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Golden Nugget, what's yours? Uh, we finally got our money for our house. That is a good one. That yeah. is a good one. Yeah, it it's... feels weird (laughs) i have so we got a big fat check um i've literally never seen dakota speechless and he just kind of sat in the car and stared at it kind of like with a little bit of drool coming out (laughs) of his mouth and like he was trying to form words but he just like couldn't make a sense he was just like uh, uh." well not quite like that but you you get what i'm kind of painting yeah It it was like it was really interesting for me to see you speechless yeah, I mean, you're like, I can't shut the fuck up. It's so true. it's true. Yeah, it was, uh, it was cool um, to have that amount of money. Yeah, and uh, you know, lots of it has to go to stuff like we have to pay off our furnace, and we have to pay off, we have to give more money for our down payment on our house. So like, it's not like it's gonna last very long, but you know. But for now, it's. For for now, it's cool. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so cool. Oh, and what about we bought a we bought a couch yesterday? We bought a couch yesterday. Yeah. yeah. We. Uh, it's actually really cool. I like it. Yeah. It like pulls out, so you can make like a little sleeping bed. Yeah. Um, in our house that we're building, um, we are not turning one of the upstairs bedrooms into a guest room. One's a board game room, and one's an office. So we don't really have anywhere for guests to sleep unless they want to sleep in the unfinished basement, <laughs> which I don't think they will. So it's good. This couch will it pops open. Um, like like a hide a bed, but better. It's it's more of a modern hide a bed. Yeah, it's uh, it's less shitty. <laughs> yeah, so you know we'll have places for your family. My family won't come sleep over, but my, your family yeah. will come over. <laughs> True. Yeah. All right. So Coda, when I say cowboy, what do you think about? Don't say you who. You who. Um. Well, <laughs> I think about my. Uh, best friend Tim and how he hates when I make a cowboy jokes because <laughs> oh. we would always uh, uh, so we haven't done it in a few years but we were working on building a cabin uh, out on his land yeah and we had our carpenter friend Nick come along and you know assist us because neither of us are carpenters 
but you know we got it kind of framed and a part of the roof done wonder how it's looking now but i would always um you know make the joke that we were in brokeback forest that <laughs> yeah, you did make that yeah joke. this was our this was our just you know two bros just going away for the weekend together alone not telling our wives anything mm-hmm. you know yeah it's very so, sweet and romantic so anyways that's that's uh, that what i think when i think about cowboys is tormenting my cowboy friend that's fair cool what do you think about when you think about cowboys horses yeah you're a horse girl freaking horse girl yeah we learned that two episodes ago (laughs) (laughs) um i don't know what that reaction is but i really like horses i know you do but they're so nice so i'm playing like i said i'm playing red dead redemption right now yeah and i just (laughs) i just keep collecting horses my stables can only hold four Mm. but i just keep bringing random horses back to the camp because i just want them all do you have to get rid of one then no no they just stay in the camp Oh. I can't make them one of my horses, yeah. but I just leave them there. And so there's just these random horses in the camp that don't really belong to anybody. I do wonder if the programmers will have written it so that like those horses will eventually disappear. But I don't think so because this game yeah. is like pretty, like you said, like it's a cowboy simulator. Yeah. So I don't think that they're going to like just disappear because yeah. a lot of the things that happen in this game are kind of like opposite of what happens in regular games. I don't know how to explain it. Um, in a re- in a regular video game, you're you're running, you're jumping, you're like doing lots of things that normal people don't do. We don't run yeah. and jump, but no, I, <laughs> that's true. What I mean is that uh, you're moving in a way that's fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Red Dead Dead Redemption is like let's strip that away. Let's take away the fun of moving. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, good point. There's like there is fast travel but yeah. it's really hard to access and really? like you have to go to a certain point which yeah. does happen in like a lot of video games but like i have to ride my horse to the place to the place and i have to like yeah. buy a ticket and i have to oh and the other weird part is like if i'm like looting a body usually yeah. when you loot a body or like loot stuff in in the neighborhood you just click a button and it picks up everything all at once but like this physically my character he turns over the bean can puts in his pocket grabs the money puts it in his pocket takes the cigarettes puts in his pocket all at one at a time to like make it yeah so um i don't know where i was going with this but uh horses yeah horses yeah uh anytime i get a horse in a game i name it um after my former roommate kyle yeah and uh I the one time when I did that, the first time I did that, I didn't. T- I I hadn't told anyone, and then well, why would you? Yeah, I mean that'd be weird. And then <laughs> him and my other roommates are just sitting on the couch and they see me playing and they're like, "Did did you name your uh, horse Kyle and just not tell him?" And I was like, "Yeah," and they're like, "That's a little weird, man." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I also think of like yeah the the Wild West and cowboy hats and you know that sort of stuff when I think of cowboys. That's fair. Yeah. Um, Well, typically, the cowboy is seen as a lone, rugged, manly man who needs only his horse, his rope, and the occasional night with a saloon girl to survive. But actually, this stereotypical image isn't at all accurate when it comes to queerness in the wild, wild west. Emerging research on sexual orientation in the Old West increasingly indicates that homosexuality was far more common than Hollywood movies and historical literature have indicated. Personal journals, archival photographs of same-sex couples, newspaper articles, and medical research at the time show stories and information about the secret private lives that some men and women lived in the West. So a brief note on society and the way that we approach sexuality. 
Currently, our society seems pretty obsessed with who is banging who. However, this hasn't always been the case. In fact, the words homosexual and heterosexual weren't coined until 1869. And often, we today use these labels to describe historical people, which wouldn't necessarily be historically accurate. However, many, especially in the academic world, considered this to be problematic owing to the difference in the ways that different societies construct and view sexual orientation. For example, in many societies, so present and past, same-sex acts were expected or they were completely ignored and no identity was constructed on who you had sex with. You just loved who you loved. Can, I'm just picturing, can you imagine in like, uh, in a, a like a Hollywood movie, you know, like um, I'm thinking Young Guns. I don't uh, know what that is. Silverado. I don't know what that is. Tombstone. I don't know what that is. You claim to love cowboys. No, I never claimed anyway. that. <laughs> I claim to love the horses. Yeah, in one of the, one of those movies, you know, <laughs> they're like they're like doing a uh, uh, just so you know, just so you know, everyone. I I I love gay people. I, this is this is just a total joke. I'm I'm sorry if I've had anyone, but I'm uh, inclusive of everyone. But can you imagine they're doing like their you know standoff where they're. <laughs> doing the you know the guns they're gonna pull their gun and then you just hear his boyfriend steve from the side you get him honey (laughs) (laughs) so a duel they're having a duel duel yeah the thing where they do with their guns you should know that it's time to duel it's time to duel like they say in Yu-Gi-Oh. but yes clearly i know not very little about cowboys (laughs) as you who (laughs) Or maybe it's, maybe I meant yoo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you bad boy. So in that context, it's important to know that people coming to the American frontier probably didn't really have a label or an identity that they called themselves when they were out there a roping and a ranching. According to Peter Bogue, chairman of the history department at the University of Colorado, in all men societies, it was not unusual for same-sex relationships, and it was just an acceptable thing to do. People who engaged in same-sex activities weren't seen as homosexuals. So there were a lot of men in the yeah. Wild West, and not a lot of women. It's like something like ninety percent of them were men. Right. So okay. Sorry. Just I'm just picturing like they're they're. The, the two cowboys are making out and one of them is just like, I'm not gay, you're gay. <laughs> mm. Yeah. It's not gay if we're best friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> but I guess just at the time it just didn't matter. It was yeah. just a thing that just happened and it yeah. wasn't, there wasn't so much of a focus on, because nowadays, yeah, you're right. It's just, it's a focus. Everybody's just so concerned about who's screwing who and mm-hmm. it's like, but you're right. So they could have just been two best friends and like, I really love you. Yeah. And that's kind of nice. It is kind of nice. I think <laughs> it's, it's sweet. Just, you know, just if two best friends could just make passionate love all night, you know? <laughs> she winks at me. <laughs> Sorry, I was, I was talking about Tim. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where you fit into this. Hey. <laughs> so... In fact, without the presence of women, the line dividing the homosexual from the homosexual, so things that you do with men together, social, versus sexual, th- or I guess same social, same sex, as the homo means one. Homosocial. 
Yeah. I've never heard that term. Me, me neither. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, so the line dividing the homosocial from the homosexual, that is the dividing of non-sexual male bonding activities oh. from sexual contact with men, became even more blurred. So like you're saying, right? You're, you're out with your best man friend yeah. and you're catching some sheep <laughs> and doing that with your man friend. And yeah. then you go home and you're like, good night, honey. Give him a little kiss. That line. Oh, sorry. You, that was to, just. To, to the boy? Yeah. Okay. That all just was like. Yeah, we just do that. We just, like, yeah. love who we love and do what we do. I'm just picturing, like, they're roping up their sheep and they're like, oh, this has got me really randy. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like that joke that that one guy made in my Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> what, did he, what joke did he make? He was talking about not being able to tell the difference between a man or a sheep. <laughs> right. Which, like, like, what is this? Which, like, makes sense, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Do you struggle between men and sheep? Yeah. I mean, where do you think the term sheeple comes from? Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> it's that term is about fucking sheep, right? Uh, <laughs> so, as traditional notions of quote normal gender roles were challenged and unsettled, men could display both subtly and openly the erotic connections they felt for other men. For example, when the miners at Angel Camp in Southern California held dances, half of the men danced the part of women, and they would wear patches over the crotches of their pants to signal their feminine role. <laughs> were the <laughs> oh god i feel like i'm gonna get a lot of hate on this episode were the patches red i don't know and then the other part that i heard was that um some places said so most places said that they were patches on their crotch but then like a couple sources said that they just had um a bandana tied around their arm i see yeah that's hot <laughs> <laughs> look at the bandana on him <laughs> Cowboys who enjoyed the company of other cowboys had code words to let each other know their preferences. If someone evoked anything associated with Walt Whitman, the name, image, or writings of the famous American poet, it signaled that they shared Whitman's preference for men. In the early Mormon church, there was an interesting early history with same-sex intimacies. According to historian Michael Quinn, the same ideas within that religion can be found in cowboy bunkhouses. Men and women were allowed to express intimacy in the 1800s, and this was not only accepted but encouraged. Quinn notes that Mormon founder Joseph Smith wrote that male friends should lie down in the same bed at night, locked in each other's embraces, talking of their love. Can you imagine if that's what it said in the Bible, in Le <laughs> Leviticus? Because in Leviticus, it, it's all like, uh, a man shall not lay with a man the way he does with a woman. It is... I don't know, an abomination or whatever the fuck it says, uh, which I do not believe in, <laughs> just so you know. Right, and that's there's, there's like something to do with translations about that, too. Yeah, but can you imagine if it's like, a man needs to hold his man tightly and deeply kiss him? <laughs> that's kind of what the Mormon religion was saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, the, can you imagine, though? Because then the Bible would just be like, it'd be completely the opposite. The, the, the religious people would be like, those goddamn straights, they're ruining America. <laughs> mm -hmm. So Joseph Smith said that he did so himself would lie down with his best friend and talk of their love with That's each other. That's fair. Also, it shouldn't be called homosexuals. It should be called homo Whitmans. That's what they should have made it known, you know? That's true. Yeah. Uh, so I mentioned the Mormons because at this time they too were moving west to colonize the area of Utah, similar to how the cowboys were out and about in the same area. So both of these things were happening concurrently. Mm -hmm. The population of California before the 1849 gold rush, which we covered in season one, was 90% male. Oh, I, hated, I hated that episode. 
was 90% male, and most of the men did male-dominated jobs that excluded women, like mining, cattle herding, ranching, hunting and trapping, or were in the military. Mountain, their best friend. <laughs> As a result, groups of men would form homes together, and some men in those groups would do the housework that had been previously left to women, cooking, cleaning, and laundry. Sometimes, these men would also share beds and form partnerships that were known as bachelor marriages. Photos from the time of same-sex cowboy couples also show the commonality of male affection during the 19th century, but not all of the men pictured in such photos were necessarily gay cowboys. Many were just friends or relatives who felt comfortable expressing physical intimacy. So it's interesting to me because they they were looking at these pictures, they're like holding each other yeah. really sweetly. It's okay, you're just my stepbrother. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I liked it. Yeah. There is also a lack of information about the queer ladies of the Wild West, and part of that is due to the fact that history has often ignored women in order to concentrate on every nuance of the menfolk. Also, I think, too, you know, if you've got 90% males and 10% females, it's just harder to find that history. Yeah, absolutely. So we have a queer frontier, like that, <laughs> that was queerer than people think. According to queer historian Michael Lyons, the 19th century American frontier was much gayer than most people think. Lyons studied the life of Scottish-born adventurer and noted homosexual William Drummond Stewart, a military nobleman known for his gay adventure in the American Wild West, and Stewart's travels and other historical facts serve as a case study for some of the ways that queer queerness was demonstrated on the frontier. So I'll tell you a little bit about him. Are you ready? I'm ready. Bring it on. After coming Again. to... A after coming to America in 1832, Stuart joined a rendezvous, which I couldn't figure out what that meant. It was like a special world word for the cowboys. Like, I think they would just like meet in groups and they called it a rendezvous. So, I, I believe we call that an orgy these days. <laughs> well, just you wait. <laughs> oh, okay. So he joined a rendezvous of hunters and trappers in Wyoming and met a French-Canadian Cree hunter named Antoine Clement, who became his lover for nearly a decade. As an experienced frontiersman, Clement showed Stuart the ropes of frontier life. Later on, when the two returned to Scotland after the death of Stuart's older brother, Stuart presented Clement as his valet and footman. Clement reportedly did not like Scotland, and so he and Stuart began traveling the world together. Today, Closeted conservatives sometimes pass off their male lovers as luggage handlers and travel companions, similar to how Stuart did. Today? Yeah. Apparently? Oh. Yeah, I had no idea. Oh. Yeah. This is my bag boy, Steve. You get him, honey. <laughs> Good callback. <laughs> Thank you. When Stuart returned to America in 1843, he planned a large frontiersman rendezvous, or orgy, yeah. and traveled with a large entourage to Fremont Lake for the event. Stuart brought a large array of velvet and silk Renaissance costumes mm. for his all-male guests to wear during the festivities. A historian called the event a rollicking medieval market fair where naked men crawled out from beneath striped canvases of the tents to go loudly skinny dipping in the nearby lake. <laughs> it's unsure of what happened next, but apparently there was some sort of scandal, which nobody really knows about, but they're all like, this thing happened, we don't know what this thing was. Uh, and it led Stuart to leave for Scotland immediately, never to return to the States. I wonder if, like, there was a woman there or something like that. That was the scandal. Like, hey, boys only. I will never lay with a woman the way I lay with a man. Another famous queer person from this time, according to some historians, is Abraham Lincoln. What? Mm -hmm. I like how your eyebrow just went up there. <laughs> just yeah. like that. 
In the book called The Intimate Life of Abraham Lincoln, author C.A. Tripp writes that Abe was actually a bisexual man. Tripp wrote that Lincoln had a love affair with a handsome youth and store owner named Joshua Speed when they were both young men in Springfield, Illinois. Oh, okay. I'm glad they were both young. I was like, and he was he was 50 and he slept with a youth. <laughs> oh, that's what you were saying. <laughs> no, they were both young. Yeah. This is before they got married. Mm. They shared a bed for four years. Nice. Yeah. They this were... is proven? Like, is well, it a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's not. It's not questioned that they did that. Oh, okay. But it's questioned, like, what did them sleeping in a bed together mean? Yeah. So they shared a bed for four years and wrote gushing letters to one another as they were preparing to marry their wives. <laughs> Critics of the assertion that he was bisexual claim that both sharing a bed and writing gushing letters to men was normal at this time period. It's just yeah. what you did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can i just can i do that like i'll write letters to like tim and be like dear it's just what we do okay leave me alone poor tim <laughs> yeah i'm sorry tim trip's final proof so what he says proves that lincoln was gay or sorry bisexual comes from lincoln's step-grandmother's own words at his funeral when she said he was not very fond of girls <laughs> his grandmother says I never approved of his lifestyle. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting because Lincoln founded the Republican Party. Wow. The one that is today trying to remove so many queer rights all across America. While the 1800s in America were known to be more accepting when it came to queerness, the 1900s were certainly a big change when society became outwardly hostile and punitive towards queer people. One reaction was the eugenics movement of forced sterilizations that was widely accepted in America. Have we talked about this before? This sounds familiar. Eugenics? Eugenics. No. No? Well, no. Maybe maybe I've just heard of it then. You might have. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Between 1900 to 1980, and I'd like to take a little moment to say here that up until like, well, they're still happening apparently, that indigenous women in Saskatchewan are being forcefully sterilized. Really? Yes. Still? Still, yeah super fucked up super fucked up how is that how is that even able to happen i'm not sure because i haven't read into it enough yeah but there have been women that have come forward and been like i was forcefully sterilized so fuck yeah uh some sixty thousand americans in 33 states this was between 1900 and 1980 were forcibly sterilized to stop them from having children and passing on their bad genes several states included homosexuals in their list of bad genes along with the feeble-minded insane and unwed mothers and the mormon church who we know had been open to same-sex intimacy saying sleep with your best friend Mm. helped lead the way in the 1950s for electroshock therapy in order to quote-unquote cure homosexuals what the hell yeah do do they i wonder if they acknowledge where their roots come from (laughs) probably not no they're like oh that didn't happen we've always been straight yeah there was something about what that question that you just asked i just didn't read into it too Mm. much so perhaps what is most interesting about the queer old west is not that it was so common but that it wasn't a big deal yeah which is nice yeah and i think it serves as a good reminder for those in the states who are obsessed with removing the rights of trans people and queer people and creating laws to stop teachers and others from talking about queerness much of their history especially in like Republican-led states, uh, like Texas and stuff, has been founded on the backs of queer people, and they should take the time out of their Christo-fascist days to actually learn about this. Absolutely. So, Dakota, what do you think? I, I loved it. I, oh, I, good. I was 
uh, surprised. Why did you think that I wouldn't? Um, it was less story involved and more mm. facts. That's fair. That's fair. You could see that. Uh, yeah, no, I thought it was interesting. Uh, I find it really interesting the, the swing that went from, uh, you know, being super open in the 1800s and not big deal all of a sudden to the 1900s when it's like, you know, we're still dealing with people mm-hmm. that are shitheads about it and mm-hmm. not accepting. So, as terrible as the 1800s would be to live in, I I do like that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. That, you know, it's, you know, you're just free to just... Love who you love. Love who you love, you know, brother. No. Well. Uh, best friend. Yeah. Sheep. No. No. <laughs> no. <sighs> Goddamn sheeple. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, just, I was very intrigued i was also trying to figure out a way to because I, I made the bring it on again joke you did and you got a bit of, i got a bit of a laugh so i'm like oh i gotta find a way to cling on to this and i didn't <laughs> i didn't find a way to weave this in in again so i'm gonna just be a fucking shill and put it in right here i okay. was gonna I was trying to find a way to put in bring it on in it to win it at I don't some know point. What that is. That's the third movie. Oh, well, it was a straight one. to DVD movie. Oh, okay. I'm a little bit of a poser because I've actually never seen the Bring It On movies. Yeah, that makes you a poser. Oh, yeah. that does make you a poser. Yeah, because I'm referencing this joke that I know nothing about. Mm. I only know Bring It On, Bring It On Again, and Bring It On in it to win it. I'm sure I would love them. Yeah, they were good. Yeah. So I give this 8.4 woohoos. You didn't say woohoo, you hoos. You hoos. <laughs> Something along those lines. You hoo. <laughs> Fine, goddammit. Okay, I give this 8.4 you hoos <laughs> out of 10. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I've got nothing else to say, so I'm going to take us right out. Okay. Well, that's all we have for this week. We'd like to thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to hang out with us. If you enjoyed listening to what we had to say, please download our podcast from wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a review or tell your friends about us because indie podcasts really do grow through word of mouth. And if you want to stay in contact, you can follow us on Instagram at The Reluctant Historian or leave us a tip at buymeacoffee.com slash the historian. You can also shoot us an email with future show ideas or corrections you may have noted to the reluctant historian at gmail.com. So we'll see you next week. Same time, same place. We'll have a gay old time. You know, like Flintstones. <laughs> what? <laughs> How do the Flintstones actually go? We'll have a gay old time. That's huh. in Flintstones. Huh. Look it up. They were talking about being happy, but this one, I just made them be like, this is a long outro, but... Um, now they're gay. Well, I, I, I put in the, the, the twang right. of the cowboys, huh. you know? Good. So anyways, as I was saying, we'll have a gay old time. Scene. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.